0: Welcome into "I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting," the self-proclaimed 43rd best Bama podcast on the internet. Here are your hosts, Tom Sims and Jason Tiffin. Is that the way you want it, rest? Man, that's right. Welcome in to episode 17, season 2 of I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. And no matter how bad Tom wants to do this, this is not I'm charging, I'm not charging, you're charging. This is still I'm Not Targeting, You're Targeting. I'm Jason Tiffin. Tom Sims on the other end. How's it going, Tom? Oh, it's going swimmingly.
1: I don't know if people have caught up with it, but uh, we we won a national championship (laughs) last week, I think. I'm pretty sure we did, Monday. It's a little hazy, a little hazy. but uh, and, and my my cohort here, uh, JT, formerly of sports with JT, actually made an in-person appearance at the farm. We went live from the farm, had
0: a great time, or at least yeah. I did. I don't know about JT. <laughs> uh, the uh, second half's a little fuzzy. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Well all right Tom I know you're dying to I know because the first, we 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 always log on we're like hey we, I think we did, we discussed this last week we log on and I put the headphones on he does it's like we're on a, just a telephone call and we're like hey how's it going good good how's the wife and kids you know blah 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 and uh the last 10 no last 5 minutes before we hit record he started talking basketball a like, lot dude we just just go ahead so go ahead Tom get it off your chest talk about Alabama basketball
1: I, I'm not gonna do it this this is this is reserved for Alabama football, the national champions. Now, I'm not charging, you're not charging, it'll be starting in a couple of weeks, and that's going to be awesome, we're going to be all in on that. We've got some shooters, we've got some defenders, the coaches playing lights out, it's going to be awesome. We're not going to talk about that today, though. This This is a special
0: episode. Well, I'm going to throw you one bone before you start your commentary. The, the last thing we kind of trailed off was uh, the victories we've had in basketball recently at Tennessee, at Auburn, at... Kentucky hosting Florida and then Arkansas. We've got one more crammed in there somewhere. I mean, we've beaten some good teams, and some of those have been on the road. And man, if we can if we play 500 on the road, I, I guess we'll we have a chance to win the conference regular season. That would be just phenomenal. Uh, I might actually watch a few games if we get that close. But uh, Tom, go ahead with your commentary.
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> let me at it first. First off, and again, I don't know who. Uh, has been listening or haven't been listening, but if y'all listened to our last podcast, we alerted you that we were actually in the National Championship game last Monday. So uh, if you didn't get that alert and you missed it, I'm sorry about that. Uh, you got to pay, pay closer attention to the podcast. But Alabama did play in the National Championship game on Monday, and spoilers, if you missed it, we won. <laughs> <laughs> we killed them. It wasn't even close. (laughs) Um, But, you know, I wanted to say, first off, thanks, Coach Saban. I don't think we say that enough. Um, Listen to this. Saban just finished his 14th year at the university. He has seven SEC titles, six national championships, course he's got seven overall that that put him over Bear Bryant's record Um, he's been ranked number one each year since 2008 at some point during the season he's won a championship for each each every one of them of his recruiting classes he's won multiple titles each for each one of his three athletic directors He's coached three Heisman Trophy winners in the last 14 years. Three. That's like every, you know, four-plus years he has a Heisman Trophy winner. They were all non-quarterbacks in an era where a quarterback wins it every year in the past 16 years except for when Bama wins it. Bama's got two running backs and a wide receiver. 67 All-Americans. That's almost five per year. And you know he was, you know, in seven, eight, nine, when he was just just pulling in the players and playing with what was left, he didn't have that many. Uh, so he's really wrapped it up after that. But, but 67 All-Americans. Ninety-six players have been drafted. Ninety-six in 14 years. That's almost, what is that? eight a year almost seven
0: i mean that's six divided by 14 is 6.857 and then six repeating of course of course uh, (coughs) mr rain man uh
1: seven (laughs) a year 33 first rounders like two and a half a year I mean the his record his statistics the product he puts on its fi- field speaks for itself there's I, he's the greatest to ever do it
0: yeah yeah for but, sure
1: this this puzzles me a little bit i'm i'm a little bit puzzled and and i said all that to say this we have never lived in a period of time in my opinion that is so me first, particularly for a young, and I'm going to call them unproven. They're just high school star athletes, but they think the world is given to them. You know, it's never been more of a me, me, me time. Mm-hmm. You, you're a high school kid and you, you, you got a platform on Twitter and social media and whatever else. And I'm not begrudging them that, but it's just, there's a lot of me is a lot of selfishness out there. And, and, And there's a lot of players. There's uh, an awful lot. and I I don't pretend to know the percentages. Nobody's going to know them. But there's a lot of players that I guarantee you that have no desire. Don't get me wrong. They want to win a championship, but it's not on top of their list. The top of their list is I want to be the superstar. Mm -hmm. I want to be the man. I want to be whatever. And so how does Saban, year in and year out, get – into the living rooms of these players and give them a recruiting pitch where a lot of them are going to realize that they're not going to hit the field immediately in the program. Now, early on, maybe so, but what he's built, they're not going to, there's going to be a couple, two or three freshmen, but they're going to be people like Mac Jones and there's going to be people like. Uh, <coughs> I, I, Brian Robinson, you know these guys are stars that are going to get the field late in their mm-hmm. careers in college, and they're ranked, you know, five stars, four stars, three stars, whatever. Those are, you know, you, you sort of shake your head at a three star. Do you, a three star is an elite player coming yes, out of high absolutely. school. I absolutely, I mean, he is an absolute crushing player. And you just kind of roll your oh, he's only a three star. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. <laughs> that guy's a horse most of the time, and uh, you know, and he has to convince them to come in there and play for him. But but that's that's most of the battle. I mean, it really is. And he is, and he goes. He has assistant coaches that come in and out of the program, and year in and year out, there's a different assistant coach or a different somebody that has. Oh, he's gets the best recruiting award in America. Oh, this guy kills it in recruiting. And then he's hired off to somebody else. And somewhere down the line, the next guy comes in, and guess what? He's another masterful. He don't just hire recruiters, guys. He has people that goes out and does the recruiting job that he wants them to do. Saban is the recruiter. I mean, he, he he is the top dog. There's no denying that. I should have looked that up to see how many recruiting uh, assistants that he had that won, you know, national Recruiter of the year or was in the, uh, you know, in the finals for it or whatnot. We've had yeah. a lot because they always oh, yeah. mention that. But here, here's one thing, and I'm going to wrap this up really quick. But here's one thing that really sticks out to me. Now, this is before uh, this season started, so this is even higher numbers because we end up with the number one recruiting class again this past year. Well it's not over yet, which is the reason I didn't include it, but so far we're we're killing it. I don't know if y'all kept up with that either, but <laughs> <clears throat> over the last five years, here here's just the top teams in average recruiting rank. Alabama has averaged two point four. You know that's a lot of what that is. Is they finish number one like four to, or three times, number two once, and I think number seven once. Average of two point four. They're the mm-hmm. highest in the country, which we, you would expect. Georgia at two point eight, Ohio State at five point four, LSU at six point eight, Clemson at nine. Okay, so there's your top five. Auburn nine point six, Texas at ten point four. That's six and seven. Alabama has been, as I mentioned, ranked number one in the season each of the past ever so many years. Which means they've also been ranked number one in each of the past five years, and they've also went to the playoffs in four of the past five years, and they've also won the national championship in. Was it three out of
0: five? Two out of five. five. Yeah, two out of. But it would have been three out of six. Played in it. Four out of five. Four out of five. Played in it. Four of the last five.
1: Yep, I was going to say. So they, what, what the point I'm getting at is they've gotten the players in there and they have gotten there. And people go, well, he's got the best players, of course. Well, he works for the best players, first off. But second off, if he gets the best players, well, doesn't that stand to re- – there's also an an opponent that he has to play in each of those years. So, you would think that if it's just as easy as getting the best players, then second place Georgia would have also been in there five times. Mm-hmm. Uh, they weren't. Ohio State should have been in there four or five times. No. LSU, they made one trip. Clemson, overachievers there. Yeah, Cle- sure. Clemson did it. You know, they're nine. You get a team six at Auburn? Oh, my Lord. Hadn't sniffed it. Hadn't sniffed it. Texas, only, only definitely team, hadn't sniffed it. Yeah, only team worse than the <laughs> Texas is Auburn. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the point <of laughs> me is, is Saban is not only out them on the recruiting trail because he has some kind of pitch going for, him, but he's also out coaching them on the field. I mean, if it, he's doing what has to be done on the recruiting trail, and once you get them there, getting them there is not. Is, is half the battle, but the other half is actually playing to the potential, and he is masterful at both. And, and again, I'm just going to say thank you, Coach Saban. I do have a little toast for him here in my hand. I'm gonna, see, I, I, you can't hear this. No, I good. can hear the
0: eyes rattling, yes, Tink. sir. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so there, I wrap up my commentary with a big thank you.
0: Well, and I'm I'm glad uh, you know I, I put down on the on the outline tonight I, a commentary because I I actually heard it I guess it was Wednesday one uh you know Tuesday I wake up at your house and I get to drive back two and a half hours to Red Bay and the silver lining to that was I got to listen to all the talk radio shows in the morning you know about the Bama victory so I, you know that was wonderful and. So Wednesday, I get in the car, and I've got a real short commute to work, like five minutes, and I usually hit it to where they're about to – I listen to Connell and McElroy, and they were about to go to, to break. And they said, okay, you know, you hear the bumper music come on, and, and Connell is like, all right, on the, on the other side of the hour, we got Ivan Mazell, we're going to talk to him, and we're also going to discuss how to fix college football. And I'm like, fix college football? Dude, college football is not broken, I, and I know what they mean. They, they, you know, how can we get Bama? How can we keep Bama and Clemson and Ohio State year in and year out from being in the playoffs? And you might as well throw Oklahoma in there too. You know, they've been there a number of times, hadn't done squat. And I, but I got I really got to thinking about that. I'm like, and and I feel like a lot of times this year. Uh, particularly, you know, why did Ohio State get in? You know, well, well I mean, Texas a deserved to get in, or even Cincinnati deserved to get in over them. In my opinion right now, it is – I think the committee is like, okay, let's just let's just cut to brass tacks. Um, who can beat Bama? Who do we think can beat Bama? Because we need to get them in the playoff because we're tired of Bama winning. Them. Hopefully it doesn't go down that – go go exactly like that I highly doubt it does go exactly like that but in the back of their mind like who can beat Bama Clemson can beat Bama so we're definitely going to put Clemson in there if it kills us you know it would have been interesting there was rumors that Clemson was going to be put in as a two loss non-conference champion if Notre Dame would have beat them because they were still going to give them a pass on losing to Notre Dame without Trevor Lawrence I thought that was ridiculous but again who can beat Bama College football is not broken, okay? If you want to get Bama out, if you want to get Clemson out, if you want to get Ohio State out, it's very simple, Tom. Do you know how to do that?
1: Um, Tell me. You beat us. <laughs> That's
0: all you got to do. That's all you have to do is beat us, okay? Case in point, 2019, we lose to LSU. We're still going to make the playoffs. Uh, Tua gets hurt. We go on to Auburn. We lose. And we're out of the playoffs. Did you hear Bama – did you hear – Nick Saban whining about it? Oh, we well, you know we we didn't have our starting quarterback. I mean, you know maybe we need to get a pass. Nobody whined about it. No, you know the media put us to put us to bed for 2019 and rightfully so. That's all you have to do is step up and beat Clemson, beat Bama, beat Ohio State, hang two losses on them, and they're and you're not going to make the playoffs. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it's going to take a very. It's going to take you being a conference champion to be a two-loss team to get in the playoffs. Yeah, and if I you're agree. Lo- if you're losing two, you're probably not going to win your conference championship game. And you know, th- like this year, Clemson's re- replacing a lot of players, and they open up with Georgia. So if you want to make the playoffs, Georgia, or if you want to specifically keep Clemson out, beat them. That's all you got to do is beat them. And on the on the flip side too, on this, this is a, a charge to the committee. Quit letting Oklahoma and Notre Dame in on name alone. No one thought that Notre Dame had a chance of beating Bama. No one thought that Notre Dame had a chance of beating Clemson two years, two years ago. Nobody thought Oklahoma had a chance to beat us two years ago. Quit letting those teams in. Ohio State has earned the benefit of the doubt. Clemson has earned the benefit of the doubt. Bama has earned the benefit of the doubt. If there is a... If there's two teams that are deserving to get in, and you got to choose one of them, if one of them is Oklahoma or one of them is Notre Dame, go the other way. Give give somebody, give some fresh meat a chance. But I'm tired of this. Football is broken. No, it's not. All you have to do is beat a team, and you'll be in the playoffs. Texas A&M, you want to be in the playoffs next year? Beat Bama. You got us coming to your place.
1: Yep. Agreed. Very good commentary, sir. Agreed. Well,
0: and I, and I meant to say at the outset, I'm, you know, I, I felt really strongly about this, and I'm glad that your commentary was totally opposite. You know, you went in a, a different direction, so that's, that's good that, uh, that we both got good points across. But, hey, enough. We're 16 minutes in, and we have yet to really discuss the game. So this is the National Championship wrap-up, so go ahead and start it off, Tom.
1: Honestly, I'm I'm looking forward to the uh, prediction section next year. But uh, <laughs> uh, as far as the wrap up of the game, I mean, again, this is going to be mainly for the folks that that missed our podcast and didn't see didn't know the game was on Monday. But um, <laughs> in essence, we had no 100 yard rusher for Ohio State on Monday night. That was huge. You know, now sermon goes out the first play of the game or the first series of the game, and uh, but I don't. Nobody has said that caused them to to lose the game, no. of course, but. The reality of it is, and this is just speaking the reality of it is, he goes out the first series of the game, and then they had to put in their starting running back. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's the way that goes. I mean, Sermon was definitely hot the last two games, but he only got a chance because their start running back was out. So, you know, they were short of a 100-yard rusher. Uh, Fields did not have 200 yards passing. Matt was absolutely flawless the biggest stage the biggest game the uh, setting up for hey he hadn't had a bad game in so long mm. you just you know there was all these people still that said you know hey eh, you know he's sixth or seventh best quarterback in the draft or whatever there's you it's know, not athletic whatnot. Well, he goes out there in the national championship game and throws thirty six for forty five, four hundred and sixty four yards and five touchdowns.
0: And does it? And doesn't win offensive player of the game. <laughs> and does not win offensive. <laughs> Loses to a guy who only played one half. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Speaking of, <laughs> in that one half, Devontae had two hundred and fifteen yards and three touchdowns. One half. And and. It was a recurring theme throughout the season that to stop Alabama, they have a three headed monster. They have Mac Johns, they have Devontae Smith, and they have Najee Harris. And Devontae goes for 215 and three in the first half. I just told you Mac stats. And then what does Najee do? He puts up 158 total yards and three touchdowns himself. He was he was also, he didn't get to run the ball as much as he they wanted, but I, it, by design, he caught more passes out of the backfield than I've seen him catch all year. I don't know if the numbers will bear that out, but he had, what, six or seven catches uh, yeah. for another 70, 80 yards, and that was a couple of his touchdowns, I think. I don't know if he rushed two in. He and, rushed for and two
0: and got the one pass on the little the swing one pass. pass.
1: Yeah, but it, it, that that killed him. And then I went back and looked because, you know, I wasn't able to remember every detail of the game. Uh, but Bama scored touchdowns on the first five out of their six drives in the first half. The only non-touchdown drive was when Mac fumbled and gave Ohio State short field there on the 15th. Otherwise, they scored every drive in the first half, and they were all touchdowns. Opened up the second half on their first three drives, they scored on all three of them. They only had it twice more after that in the second half. They did have one punt. It was not a three and out. Sorry, Ohio State fans. And then the only other time they didn't score was when they got the ball back with about five minutes to go and they never they never give it up. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. mean, that is offensive efficiency at its finest. And that's what we've done all year. But even in this game against what people were saying, particularly after they, what they did to Clemson's defense was going to be the most prolific offense they've seen and that our defense was suspect. And I just I started with those defensive stats. The defense got better and better all year, and uh, that was their best game of the year as well. Yeah, yeah. Complete uh, effort.
0: It's uh, it's funny you talk about sermon. You know, you could Vegas could have made some money. I, I think we discussed it last week. You know, sermon played against Bama uh, again when he played for Oklahoma two years ago, and I think he had like 14 yards rushing. And if Vegas would have had a prop bet, will Sermon have more rushing yards for Ohio State than he did at uh, Indiana, or uh, Oklahoma? Everybody would have been on the over. And he, <laughs> he, got, he gets hurt in the first play of the game. I rewatched the game. You know, the second play was a screen pass that we tipped up and, and fell incomplete. That was to Sermon. And, man, yeah. he, he couldn't get his arm up. But, you know, adrenaline flowing, he probably would have caught that. Dude, if he would have caught that, we might have ended his – career totally i'm glad it didn't, i'm glad it got tipped because he was in a tremendous amount of pain uh, you was. know broken broken collarbone if he would have caught that and if we'd hit that shoulder oh my gosh man i i it just i can't imagine the pain he would have felt uh, so uh you know glad that he didn't but that was huge him going out but like you said their backup running back who is their starter came in he scored two touchdowns on us you know mm-hmm. the guy master mm-hmm. teague is good but it's funny and I, I'm, I'm guilty of this, and I saw it on Twitter. on the only reason it, it was brought to my attention. You know, we talked about Mack. We've talked about uh, Smitty. We've talked about Najee. One person we've not talked about and is an offensive lineman. And I think it's good because, you know, normally the only time an offensive lineman gets talked about is he's held or he's jumped off sides, you know. But Chris Owens, back up to our all-American heart of the team, heart and soul of the offensive line, Landon Dickerson. Goes out. Chris Owens comes in and plays two games and just the top two games you can play as a college athlete, the semifinals and finals. Mm. And he's not even mentioned, which is a great compliment, you know, in and of itself because you didn't screw up. But, man, he he stepped in against – uh, you know Notre Dame in the trench. That's where Notre Dame beat Clemson. The first game was in the trenches, and we all know what Ohio State has in the trenches. You know, luckily a couple of their guys were out for COVID uh, COVID issues, whether they had it or contact tracing. But man, hats off to Chris Owens. Hey, and he's coming back. You know, we're returning three or five offensive linemen. We'll talk about that in the predictions, I'm sure. Uh, and I, you know, you covered it the game at length. And I'm a pessimist. Oh, one thing about Smitty going for 215 yards and a half. You know, he played two or three plays, and then he broke his finger. And uh, LSU's popping off about Jamar Chase last year, still holds the yardage record at 219 yards. And he <laughs> played all four quarters. I mean, Smitty is four yards away from tying, five yards from breaking, and he played only two quarters. So, you know, if hey, congrats, Jamar Chase, for keeping your record. <laughs> Uh, you know, and I'm a pessimist at heart. And I guess it goes back to I grew up a Mississippi State fan. And, you know, Mississippi State has never won a national title in any sport. And I had, I had grew up watching Mississippi State play Auburn tough, play Alabama tough, you know, play Florida tough, Tennessee, Georgia. And then it just always would fall apart in the fourth quarter. And I guess that is so hard to shake that from my mentality. Uh, you know, growing up a Bama fan, you expect to win. You know, you expect national titles are expected. And it still is difficult for me to just expect to win. So, I when the season is over is when I can really look back and say, you know, well, we, we were – obviously, we were going to – you know, we were going to win. And I think I actually told Daryl at one point, I said, if we don't have – I think it was after the Waddle injury. I said, if we don't have any more injuries, we're going to win the national title. Of course, we had Dickerson go out. But, you know, Smitty stayed healthy. Najee stayed healthy. And that, that was the key. But, uh, you know, Bama, to me, the best, the best team we've ever, uh, we've ever had. And I know somebody might – uh, you know, the old leather helmets that are listening to this podcast and def- ah, defense wins championships. 2011-2012 Bama. 1992 Bama would have been – dude, we would have hung 50 on 92 Bama on 2011 Bama, 2012 Bama. Now, those teams would have hung some points on us as well. But, dude, that offense just wait, 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 unreal. Wait, wait, wait,
1: 92 Bama would not have hung points on us. No, not, you're not probably today. right. <laughs> not 92. <laughs> that's, a, that's a Barker-led offense. He had, what, 13 yards passing in the
0: championship game? What was, it was four for 11 <laughs> for 13 yards? How did they <laughs> let that happen? That's for another – that's for uh, the podcast. Hmm. I'm not wearing a leather helmet. You're wearing a leather helmet. <laughs> so, oh, man. But anyway, uh, you know, congratulations. Yes, thank you, Nick Saban, uh, for coming here. Goodness gracious, it's just, uh, it's more than I can uh, had ever hoped for and imagined. I I was in a motorhome when Lee played, and, and uh, you know, Van is my cousin, Michelle is his wife, and and we were hanging out before the game, and Michelle and I don't know, I think I asked her about this, and she didn't really recall it what what was said, but I remember she said, "What do you think, Saban?" What do you think he's gonna do here? And I said, Well, you know, I think he'll win a national title. And she said, I think he'll win four. And I was like, Hmm. Wow! I was like, Wow! You know, because he he came in with an eight-year contract. And I'm like, Well, I'll take one. one or two would be fantastic. And now we're sitting at six, and he's showing no signs of letting up. We just signed, you know, the top, uh, the top
1: recruiting class. Recruiting
0: class, yeah, yeah, for sure, and. And we should, you know, Kamar Wheaton, a little concerned there because Sark is headed to Texas and, and he is from Texas. But even if we don't hold on to Kamar Wheaton, we are, you know, the cupboard is not bare, which leads us to the early interest in the NFL. No one that would expect, no one that was expected to stay is is going. You know, what Barmore was kind of a, hey, maybe he stays but after the national title game, he had two sacks and he had that huge tackle for loss on fourth down that really, that, that stemmed Ohio State's chances of winning. They they were still, I think it was, I think we were up 14 at the time. I think it was 38 to 24. And they had to go for it. And they went for it. And uh, and Baltimore tackled him behind the line. But, you know, we knew Smitty was gone. We knew Mac was gone. And, uh, and then, of course, all the seniors could come back. But Najee, somebody asked me, they said, is Najee coming back? I'm like, <laughs> dude, if Najee comes back, somebody needs to sit him down and say, Najee, dude, okay, you love college football, you love Alabama, <laughs> but your time is your time is now. <laughs> like, don't come – there's no reason to come back, trust me. So um, that's just – you know, like I I did write these two names down. Owens returning is huge. That means we got three of five offensive linemen starting – or. Starter's coming back, which Owens is not a true starter. But he started the last two games. And then we have the number one. We, we lost our – we lost – who would we lose at tackle? Uh, Leatherwood. Lost Leatherwood. Leatherwood. Okay, so we got Evan Neal back, who was the top tackle two years ago. And we've got the number one tackle coming in in J.C. Latham and the number two tackle coming in in Tommy Brockermeyer. So we've, we've got options at tackle. And uh, B Rob is as, as hard as I am on B Rob, and I always give uh, McMillan a hard time about uh, Brian Robinson. But Brian Robinson is a solid back. I don't know that he starts. I, I I don't. I just I think he's great a great role player. I bet he's great in the in the locker room. But I do think him coming back is going to really pay dividends for Alabama next year.
1: Mm-hmm. Very well. I'm not going to get into the. Uh entries in the NFL, I know you had that topic there. I'm going to hold off because I kind of rolled that into the next segment, which is the predictions for Alabama next year. So I'll just go jump right into that. Um, Alabama next year. Tiffin's just alluded to it. We've got, obviously, a nucleus of players coming back, some that we – we were hoping that we would come back and, and and did and and no real surprises there. i mean we're we're not we're not ever over here hoping that our all Americans come back if they can go make money, go make money you you've done your service here to the university and uh, it's awesome all the success to you guys. but as far as next year goes i <laughs> I looked at this longer than anything I looked at in preparation for this podcast. And I may get a little bit long-winded here. I'm sorry we're short on time. Oh, but, Lord. Uh, <laughs> but I started looking at it, okay? So Alabama next year, their schedule. And and I guess for some reason they haven't, because of is it still the pandemic or whatnot, they haven't released actual dates of games yet that I can see. Uh, we have a schedule as far as who we're going to play. But as far as the SEC order and, and that sort of thing – I couldn't find it. Maybe it's out there, but I couldn't find it. But we play at the number six team in the nation, A and M. Now, when I, these these preseason rankings are based on the um, based on the uh, ESPN way too early top twenty five. Okay, so at number six, A and M. At number sixteen, Florida. There's my
0: new puppy. Eddie. Oh, I saw it. he got a new puppy. Can't wait Eddie, to meet him.
1: Eddie Jackson. He knows how to come up the stairs. Come here, bud. I had to get him in my lap. Okay. His name's Jackson, named after Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, uh, <clears throat> at number 6 AM, at number 16 Florida, number 18 Ole Miss. Ole Miss getting some respect next year. Number 20, LSU, and then we open up the season with number 25, Miami and Atlanta. Okay, so that's a that's a very similar schedule than the one we had this year, uh, except for all the SEC teams, you know. But that, as far as ranked teams, preseason hype, that's still a uh, solid schedule. It's going to be tough. But I started looking, you know, and I was telling you earlier about the uh, – Rankings of Saban's recruiting classes and that sort of thing. Um, this year's national championship team. What I found mostly, particularly with team or players that can leave early for the NFL draft, if you've got a really good team, you're going to lose some juniors to the draft. Obviously, you're losing your seniors, but you're going to have a good selection of juniors that end up going in the NFL draft because that's just how good your team is. I mean, that, and we're used to that, and it happens every year here. So I started looking and said, well, in championship seasons, usually it's three years prior. That's your critical class. You know, those are when your juniors are really seniors because they're leaving, or you're or at least top-notch juniors. And your seniors, of course, are from 16 a year before, but they're going too. In 2017, this was Alabama's class, members that are on this year's team, okay? Najee Harris, Alex Leatherwood, Dylan Moses, LeBron Ray, Devontae Smith, Fidarian Mathis, Christopher Allen, Brian Robinson, and Mac Jones. Now, those names, Tiffin, and I'll ask you this before I get, get into the rest of my stuff, but those names there, those were not nobodies last year. We pretty much knew everybody on that list were going to be superstars for the most part. A couple of question marks in there, but would you agree with that?
0: Oh, absolutely.
1: I mean, that's a who's who right there. Okay. Now, 2018, which will be this upcoming year uh, class, critical class, three years prior. Here's a list. That are still in the roster. Some 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 players have left the program, you know, but uh, here here's the current roster as I know it: Stefan Wynn, linebacker; Josh Job, cornerback; Emil Ikiyvor, lineman; Cameron Latu, tight end; Tommy Brown, lineman; El Cajo, linebacker; Xavier Williams, wide receiver; Savion Smith, corner; Eddie Smith, DB. Slade Bolden, wide receiver; Michael Parker, tight end; Jalen Moody, linebacker; Skylar DeLong, punter. Where's your superstars?
0: <laughs> They're devoid. Yeah, I recognize some names. I didn't even. I thought you were reading off Florida's recruits for a minute. It's the same way I feel about it. I mean, this this a crazy class and
1: coincidentally in the last 6 years Sabin's classes have ranked 1 1 7 1 2 and 1 do you all know which class is 7 I'm going to say the one you just mentioned it is the one I just mentioned 2018 here's a here's a, another little tidbit here in 2015 the 3 year final the, the the 3 year prior recruiting class this is the ranks of the title game participants okay 2015, Alabama and Clemson played for it all. Alabama won, Clemson 10. 16, Alabama and Clemson again. Alabama won, Clemson 16. 17, Bama won, Clemson 15. 18, Bama won, Georgia 8. 19, Bama won, Clemson 9. Yeah, that's crazy. We've played it in five years in a row. That's wild. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 20, LSU 2, Clemson 11. And 21, Alabama 1, Ohio State 2. So, that tells me a lot that there has not been a recruiting class. At least one of the two title game participants has had the number one, which is usually us, or the number two in the case of LSU and also Ohio State this year in the title game. The exception of that mainly is Clemson. Mm -hmm. Georgia made it one year at number eight, but Clemson, you know, their highest ranked recruiting class was ninth, nine to 16th. So, I say all that to say this. I'm concerned about this upcoming year because of that. You know, this year was, we knew the players, we knew they were good, we knew they were solid, we were hoping they could put it together. But we kind of knew that we had that talent. And this upcoming year will be a year that we're not going to be relying on a bunch of superstars rather than a bunch of potential. You know, we're going to have to have some – Instead of the 18 class that's ranked seven, we're going to have to have that 19 class really show up. We're going to have, yeah. to have the 20 yeah. class show up, and we're going to play some of these freshmen. I think you're going to see a lot more freshmen this year than you normally would. Um, now am I sitting here ready to say that Alabama's not going to the title game again because of this? I don't know that I'll say that. I hate, I hate actually having to put out predictions this early, but one thing that I always do with predictions – and I, I do it every time, and, and Top Dog used to get a little miff with me, I think. He never would say it, but I think he would. He'd ask me, and I'd say, well, I think we're going to win them all. And he's like, how are you going to win them all, and blah, blah, blah. I was like, well, I depend on Las Vegas, for the most part, for all my news, as far as who's the best teams <laughs> and who ain't. And I can guarantee you, almost exclusively again, we're not going to be underdogs to any team we play this year. Mm-hmm. no. <laughs> I mean, you know, minus if we go out and lose three or four games right off the bat, we start being it. But we haven't been an underdog since, uh, what, the Georgia game about five or six years ago? 15,
0: yeah, I think right after we lost Ole Miss.
1: Yep. So I don't expect that streak will change. And if we're favored over every team again in Las Vegas, then I'm going to say, yeah, we got a good shot at winning it again next year. But it's going to take a heck of an effort by the coaching staff and it's going to take a heck of an effort by the new recruiting classes because of what I just said.
0: Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I think my prediction is I think we win the West again. Notice I didn't say the SEC. I don't know. Georgia's going to be a tough out. But I do think we win the West because, you know, A&M is going to be starting a new quarterback. Auburn has a new coaching staff. LSU is – who knows what they're going to be, you know, in – in another 9 to 10 11 months whatever but and it's going to be interesting to see if we make the playoffs if we were to lose to Georgia and Atlanta but I'm glad you brought up the recruiting classes because and and the superstars you know I think we're okay at quarterback with Bryce Young he is he's unproven right now but all the potential in the world our running backs Jason McClellan we've already talked about B Rob is going to be a, an integral part he probably gets the start based on he's a, he's a, he's a grandfather but McClellan <laughs> is going to play a lot. Roydale Williams should play a lot. We've got Keelan Robinson coming back. He opted out this year. Not, I'm not sure why he opted out. Um, and I know it was a, you were free to opt out if you wanted to. But I kind of think Saban's probably not okay with the opt outs. And and then we particularly got particularly
1: when you got a free pass on the eligibility.
0: Yeah. Hypothetically, you know, we've got Kamar Wheaton coming in. He's supposed to be really good. He's a five star, number one running back in the country. But here is my concern. Trey Sanders. Who? Oh yeah, yeah, if he can Trey if he Sanders. can recover from his injury, Got you're, injured. you're absolutely correct. Yeah. Yeah, can you hear me?
1: I can. Go ahead.
0: Okay. I feel like we're lagging a little bit. Maybe not. But, here, but here's the point I would kind of want to drive home. Okay, think back to 2017. We had Calvin Ridley. And I tell you what, I can't name our other receivers that year that were upperclassmen because Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs III, and Devontae Smith came in and put their stamp on, hey, we're here to play football. And they did. You know, when we when we beat Georgia – On the uh, second and 26, I know Nanji was on the field. I know, of course, Smitty was on the field. I think Judy was on the field as well because Tua was more comfortable with those receivers. So, you know, and we're, hey, that's great. We've got those for, we got those guys for at least two more years. So the next year, you know, 2018 comes and Judy, Ruggs, and Smitty, but, you know, Waddle comes and Waddle's just too good to keep off the field. So that's awesome because now we know we've got Waddle to at least through the year 2020. Even if all three of the the 2017 guys go, we'll have Waddle be the feature back, you know, the feature receiver in 2020. And so last year, Judy and Ruggs leave, and we've got Smitty and we've got Waddle, and then we've got okay, we signed some pretty good freshmen, Javon Baker. And I, I don't know, I don't, I don't know their names. You know why I don't know their names because they didn't play this year, and that is very concerning to me. Mechie is, will be good though. Mechie, Mechie was with, um, he was with Jalen. No, or uh, he's a so he's a sophomore. You're right. Yeah, he's
1: not he's not a freshman for sure. But he will. Oh, but he,
0: it, but I'm glad you said that. You know that that was the guy on Judy and them when you know, Judy Rugs and uh, and Smitty were all here last year, and Mechie played some. We didn't have, these guys didn't play, man. Javon Baker didn't play that, uh, what Xavier Williams, that is his name. He finally came in when Smith went out in the national title game. But that is a concern. And I think it tells a lot with who we signed this year. We got four of the top nine wide receivers in high school. And I think Sabin, I, I think we misevaluated or people that came in in the class of 20, what would it be? The class of 2020. Yeah, the class of 2020. I think they have disappointed. Because we're going to count on that Ajay Hall, JoJo Earl, and the other two. I can't think of their names current uh, you know, off the top of my head. But I'm looking for them just to step up and play. You know, Mechie will be the go-to guy early on. And then Slade Bolden will definitely get snaps. But we've got to have a playmaker to take over Smitty. You're not going to fill his shoes. But we've got to – you've got to be a good complement to Mechie. Or even play above Mechie and let Mechie be a, a, a good – accompaniment to you. I hear a puppy whining that throws that throws me off, Tom.
1: <laughs> he is whining.
0: <laughs> All right, well Sorry, we, we are, are uh, yeah,
1: he is. Yeah. You're exactly right, but you know, one thing and and you said misevaluated. I don't know if it was misevaluated as much as it was we were loaded at receiver and if you got Judy, Devontae, Ruggs, Waddle, <laughs> all on the roster, it's tough to recruit a wide receiver. I bet.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I mean that's my point. Even when we were loaded, you did a you, you did a better job of driving my point home than I did. Even when we were loaded at wide receiver, Jalen Waddle comes in as a freshman and contributes. Even when we're still loaded at wide receiver with Judy, Rugg, Smith, and Waddle, Mechie comes in and makes an impact. And we just did not see that impact player coming from our freshman or sophomore classes this year outside of Mechie. Yeah,
1: that's a good point.
0: All right, well, uh, Tom, the master splicer that he is, is going to uh, make sure everything comes off without a hitch when he – settles down for the final version of this edit of this podcast. So I'm going to close out and then we'll let him close and uh, I'm sure to come out swimmingly as he likes to say. If you're traveling from South Carolina to Auburn this weekend, why did I put South Carolina? I can't even remember. Maybe they're playing basketball. I don't know. As good good a state as any. Go east till you smell it and then (laughs) south till you step in it.
1: (laughs) Take it easy guys from me and Jackson. We'll see y'all at I'm Not Charging. You're Charging.